How's it going, everyone? This is uh, the rebirth of Behind the Gorilla. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. I'm Mark. I'm Harris. Harris via telephone, because we're no yeah, longer we're doing, in the same place. We're real. We're we're real professionals now. We're phoning in, and I'm calling a radio station. This is uh this is as legit as it gets, folks. Yeah, I'm uh I moved all the way out to uh, middle of nowhere, South Dakota. So that's where I've been, and uh, Harris is back home in Atlanta still. So it's uh, quite a distance to cover. So, well. I guess the biggest thing is we just had to figure out, you know, we, like I know I had to get settled and do a bunch of stuff, start my new job out here at the radio station, and I know you were starting your new job, and there's a whole bunch yeah, going yeah. on over the summer. Yeah, we, uh, I know we don't, you know, we don't go behind the curtain too much, but basically we hey, finished behind the our gorilla. last episode. Yeah, exactly. We finished our last episode right before my graduation, and right after that, you were moving out to South Dakota and I was moving out of Athens and into Atlanta. And it's just been, you've had a crazy work schedule. I know we don't have mm-hmm. to go into all of that, but yeah. yeah bottom yeah. line is it's been an entire summer with no behind the gorilla. And I'm just, I, I can't stand for that anymore. I'm glad we're back. That being said, let's talk about wrestling a little bit, Mark. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been, we, we got, we got some stuff to talk about. Like before we even get into the topic <laughs> today, cause, cause we do have a topic, a, a traditional, you know, behind the gorilla, weird, wild topic. Um, and we will get to that. And I know we've kind of we kind of went away from doing the the current events type stuff, but there's just been so much that's happened. We, we got to talk about it. The biggest thing, Harris was in Brooklyn a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and you got to tell yeah. us about that. So NXT SummerSlam, please okay. elaborate. First thing I want to say is the first thing I texted you literally the second we got to the arena. The feeling in the building at an NXT TakeOver is like nothing else I have ever felt in wrestling before. Like, it's such a little detail, and it makes a little bit of a difference on television, but it makes a huge difference in person, is they turn the house lights off. Right. And that doesn't sound like a ton until... Like, full disclosure, me and my buddy were going to this show. We came in, like, five minutes after the tag match started. We were, we were a little late getting there. We, we had some issues. But as you enter the building and you hear the crowd already starting to warm up and you see just the ring about 100 feet away illuminated and there's nothing else, everything yeah. else is black and there's people wrestling, it, it feels like it just feels so much more timeless. It feels like, you know, you're at a show in the garden. Well, I mean, that's the way it was ago. when you watch, if you watch, you know, old NWA stuff, if you want, you know, to me, like my favorite match probably of all time is Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Starcade 85 in the Omni I was going to say, they do that at Starcade, And right? that's what it, that's, they did that at all NWA shows. That's the way wrestling was. It wasn't about the crowd. It wasn't about any of that. It was about two guys in the ring and that was it. I mean, that's the way yeah. boxing has always been lit. I mean, that that's the way it it is and so that's what nxt kind of does they get that feel it really i think it's it's really honestly it's it's the best visual shorthand for a wrestling show versus a sports entertainment show 
that's how you know which one you're getting, in my opinion. That's what yeah. it feels like. And that was just, that was an incredible show. I mean, it's really fun to, like, I, you know, as a more casual wrestling fan, sometimes the really rabid fan bases can get on my nerves a little bit. Right. But it's so fun to be in there when you're all pulling in, you know, the same direction. Like, everyone wants to see Johnny Wrestling win. Right. And pretty much everyone wants to see, like, Kyrie Sane win. You know, even though you like the heels and you respect the heels, there's not a whole lot of blatant cheering for them. Well, well and that okay. was kind of the message this all is... weekend, like, being in that building. That, well, you know, I've seen on TV tons of times, and you you know, you know, like, all oh, the SummerSlam crowd and the Raw after right. Mania crowd is going to be crazy. Well, the reason, Han, really, the, really the reason, ride that wave a little bit. Well, the reason for that, you know, that atmosphere is is not okay. Th- this is the thing. Obviously, the WWE fans, it's always split, and there's that's been a problem for years. But the thing with NXT mm-hmm. is, you talked about how everyone likes the heels and respects the heels, but still pulls for the babyface. It's because everyone likes everybody. If you yeah. like everybody, you. You will do. Uh, wrestling fans want to pull for the faces ultimately, and if you yeah. like everybody, they will. The problem is when you don't like the faces. Yeah, pretty much. And that's been kind of their problem the past couple of years. But anyway, that's a different topic. Yeah. So this is what it's funny. We were thinking about you know oh we have so much to catch up on, and the sad but kind of true thing is all the stuff we want to talk about has happened in like the last two weeks. Yeah. You know, like, the best and worst thing about wrestling is that it never stops, but if, if you were to tune out from WrestleMania until about a month ago, it would have been the time to do it. I mean, they've just been... You didn't miss much. ...creatively bankrupt. And we could whine about that, but I don't really want to, because one, the Becky Lynch turn and everything that's been happening in that storyline has been one of my favorite wrestling stories in a long time. It's been a ton of fun to watch that happen. Mm-hmm. And we can go into more detail about that in a second. But two, and more importantly, our savior Roman Reigns Boo. has brought home the title, Mark. We're finally done with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it's I'm so, fine with like, that. I'm absolutely like, I'm obviously marking out a little bit right now, and I was marking out a whole heck of a lot in Brooklyn. All yeah, night. yeah, and and anyone can see that too <laughs> because you're on camera uh, with your Roman stuff on, and it's been it's now proven and so now in like 10 years we're going to realize how dumb you were it's going to be there's nah. going to be no way around it in 10 years when roman reigns is respected by everyone in the wrestling community for his <laughs> hard work and dedication to the business i'll be able to prove that i was on the front line the crest of that wave hey you might be right if they would just hey look if they would stop booking him like hulk hogan and the yeah. rock then we could get there five years sooner but it's not yeah. going to happen but yeah no if you um if you guys don't know what Mark is talking about, I haven't gone back and watched it live, but the next day, a buddy of mine who knew I was in Brooklyn texted me the Sports Center highlights because, you know, ESPN Sports Center covered, like, Token covers wrestling just because it knows it gets clicks. And right. some people are mad about it, but wrestling fans think it's cool and spread it around, so it's fine. Oh, it's great. And it's just a little, it's a 30 second, you know, highlight package, and it's Roman walking to the ring. And, you know, eventually the battle with Brock Lesnar, and then he wins and raises the title. But in the first five seconds, you see him march into the ring, stand on the turnbuckle, and put both his fists up in the air. And it cuts to these two idiots in the crowd. They're two 23-year-old men who may or may not have a little bit of alcohol in their system, arms fully up, just screaming for Roman Reigns. 
that's me. If you, uh, if you want to go back and look for me or just dig through my Twitter account and find it, it's probably like, uh, I don't know, top five moments of my life just being captured in all our glory. One of us is, uh, is wearing a Roman Reigns replica vest that we may or may not have bought from the merch truck on the way into the building. It was, it was really, it was a ton of fun. Like, we, we went to that show, in all honesty, knowing that we were probably going to be the two people out of about 10,000 cheering for Roman Reigns. So we decided to just really go for it. Like, there's no point in pretending like you're not marking out for Roman Reigns. Oh, please. So like, you ever, like you ever time. debated on whether or not you marked out for Roman Reigns. I've been seeing you doing that for years. But this is the thing, you know, so we're going into an arena of, you know, people like you. So we got to wear it loud and proud. We got to like, we got to crank that normal fandom up to 11. And we did. And it okay, was hold on. And Brock Lesnar's gone and the title's back on Raw. And everyone is either really excited about it like I am or just totally indifferent about it like you are. Okay, I'm fine. now I understand all of that. And, and Roman was wrestling, but you cannot tell me. You would be one of these morons who, going to All In wearing Roman Reigns stuff. You want to know what's really funny? I was thinking, as I was driving home to Atlanta today, I was thinking, you know, Cody's from Atlanta. WCW is headquartered in Atlanta way back in the day. Dusty yep. was from Atlanta. Yeah, well, it no. would be really cool Dusty if was they from could bring Texas. All In to Atlanta sometime. Dusty like, how cool would that be? It's, there's oh, a lot of yeah. wrestling tradition here, you know? Oh, they, they, it could be hugely successful if it came if it came to Atlanta. I really hope it doesn't know until I move back there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, for your sake, I hope that doesn't happen. But that was the first thought in my head. My second yeah. thought was, you know, if I go, since I am a very casual fan of independent wrestling and like I have a couple new Japan shirts and Bullet Club shirts, but that's not like my scene, I feel like I wouldn't be being honest with myself if I didn't wear a Roman Reigns, or at least a Bailey shirt to all of it. Oh, gosh. I feel like that's just... Wear the Roman Reigns shirt over the Bailey shirt. Wow, really? Yes. Bailey's got NXT cred, if nothing else. Roman doesn't even have that. Yes, he does. Well, like, but he wasn't... He was in NXT, but he wasn't, like, a big story in NXT. He was never super over in NXT like Bailey was. He's not super over now. I know. But neither is Bailey. But that's that's where we get into the complaining about creative. Yeah, that, that's a different. That's a whole different that. problem. Mm. But hey, they got Becky right. So, but I'm but not, anyway, not go back there. go back to uh, your uh, experience over there because this is more. I want I want to hear or and they want to hear about your experience there more than our terrible ideas of booking. That's no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I loved. This is where we disagreed a little bit. I loved getting to watch the Champa Gargano finale live and like watch mm-hmm. that all play out. Cause yeah. of course one of the weirder things about seeing a show live, but a lot of the time I think it helps. And I think this weekend it helps is you have to figure out the story on your own. You don't have commentary in your ear constantly kind of hammering it home, whatever's right. happening. And I think that like I appreciated the story a lot more because I was there with a buddy of mine who hasn't been following NXT super closely and I was trying to, you know, kind of catch him up on the history of Ciampa Gargano and how Johnny Wrestling is going to do anything to kill this guy, even if it means losing the title. And just getting to see that played out live without any words, like any word from commentary or anything from the wrestlers. Like, we were there yeah. just close enough 
to see them tell the story on their own. Does that make sense? Like, that sounds like a really obvious statement. But just getting to see that kind of thing happen, you know, in a real old-school way, like the way it used to be, gives you a new appreciation for it, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Like, I love Moro, but I love being able to see it with my own eyes and make the connection myself. Like, you see at the end of that match, Champa's on his knees, and he's saying, no, 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 like, I'm done. That's what Del And the ref is counting. He says Champa's down. If he stays down, then, you know, Johnny Wrestling wins. And you can see all of this happening live and in person, and it just it, it gave me a new appreciation for, I don't want to say wrestling, that seems a little dramatic, but at least, like, the story they can tell, because I just got to watch them tell it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, no, yeah. No, that, that totally that totally makes sense. That was, that was, I don't know if, that wasn't my favorite match of the weekend, because we'll get to that in a second, but yeah. just getting, that, that was the one that I was glad I got to see live. Right. Like, out of everything that happened this weekend, that's one of the things I was most excited to see in person, because that's, I think, the best story in wrestling right now. And again, to get to see it, in that really old school kind of wrestling style <laughs> with the lights out with such a hot crowd who was, you know, behind the right guy. That was amazing. That was really a ton of fun. Yeah. I know. I mean, I was, now the, I was jealous. I, I couldn't believe you, you were there. I had no idea you were going until you texted me. You're just like, this place is awesome. And I was like, what, what, what do you, what do you mean? What place? <laughs> I, that was a, that was a mess of a trip too. They, uh, we had it all figured out. This is not related. You can cut this if you want. We had an 8 a.m. flight to New York, specifically so we could make it, get there, get to our hotel, and get to Barclays by the time the NXT show started. Well, they canceled that flight, and they tried to put me on, like, an 11 a.m. flight that would have landed in New York City at 5.30, and I knew that was never going to work, so I made them switch to a Wait, 5 a.m. flight. It doesn't take that long Atlanta to fly Airport. there, does it? It's not that no, long of a flight, is it? Hours. Then why in the world, if you left at 11, would you get there at 5? Uh, they had us doing a layover. Oh. I don't know, D.C. Okay. maybe, okay. Charlotte. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, As it was, we ended up spending the night in the Atlanta airport, taking a 5 a.m. flight to Charlotte, and then like a 8 a.m. flight up to New York City. So we made it in time, which is the point of that whole story. But right. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was well worth it. Yeah, we we should just talk about all in because um, I think it, it's worth I think it's worth giving it time um, for sure. So okay, what I guess just to start off, what are your overall thoughts? Like just overall, top to bottom, the way you felt after it was over, without going into detail, what kind of are your thoughts on mm-hmm. it? Um, I think this is the best time to be a wrestling fan. I yeah. really do. I, was, I agree. Uh, I was explaining this, you know, when when people know you're going to New York, like every Uber you take there in the city to the airport, they always say like, oh, well, what are you, you know, what are you doing here? And it's kind of awkward. You own it, obviously, but it's kind of awkward to have to explain to somebody that you, a grown adult, are going to watch a wrestling show. That's not really like a cool thing to do right now. But we were going, we were headed to the airport in Atlanta, and I was telling the guy, I was like, it's coming back. Because I got the, you know, the response that people normally give you is, oh, yeah, I used to watch that all the time mm-hmm. as a kid. And I've, whenever I get the chance, I say, look, like, it's, 
the industry is more stacked, honestly safer, like healthier, just from like a work rate, backstage lifestyle, like all of it. The workers are better. The matches are better. There's just more of it everywhere you look. WWE, as you know, kind of silly and sports entertaining as they can be, has a deeper roster than they have ever had in history. And there's still so much talent in the world that we can see pay-per-views like All In. Like, that was, mm-hmm. that was my takeaway. was just like, man, I, this was so much fun and so different. Yeah. And you and a lot of other people were pointing this out on Twitter, and it, just, it knew exactly what you wanted to see, and it gave it to you. Yeah. And it was a very different brand. It wasn't sports entertainment. And I don't hate sports entertainment, but I'm really glad that like Cody Rhodes and Kenny and the Bucks are out there making stuff like this happen. And I know it's not just them, but it was, you know, they were the ones that were fronting this whole thing. And Cody, ever since he left WWE, has been so vocal about saying they don't own pro wrestling. Right. And it was really fun to see that play out in real time. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, no, it was a lot of fun. I agree. That, that was probably the best way to describe it is it was fun. It was a good time. Um, sometimes I thought it was too much fun, but uh, <laughs> we'll get into that in just a second. But yeah, overall, I overall I loved I loved the show. It was, it was great. It was it was a lot of fun. You got to see pretty much everything. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, we talk about WWE kind of. There's something, you know, they at least in theory, there's something they try and have something for all types of fans. Well, that's pretty much what this was. They pretty much took elements of every possible facet of professional wrestling and put them into this show. And so they're really, no matter who, I I don't care what, how long you've been a wrestling fan, what you're a fan of in wrestling, what promotion, what style, it doesn't really matter. There was something in that show that you liked. There might've been stuff you didn't like, but there was going to be something, probably more than one thing that you did like. And I thought that was yeah. the most impressive part out of the whole thing is they, they managed to please everybody. But yeah, so other than just negative WWE-only people, it, I didn't see any negative overall comments on the show at all. And I funny. think like, and you, could, you, you, were, um, you were following it a little bit more closely than I was, but like I just, I love, like I said, I, I'm a little bit more of a casual fan. And yeah, like I know... You know, I know some people from Being the Elite, but I don't even watch every episode of that. It's Mm -hmm. mostly, you know, what I see on social media, the people I follow, and like the general buzz around the business. But a a lot of people have, you know, talked about, well, well, will we ever see like a Monday Night Wars again, like a real competition of wrestling? And most people come to the conclusion that like, no, we won't. Nobody has the bankroll to really do that week in and week out. And, you know, WWE is always signing new talent. Nobody else has that kind of platform, that kind of legacy, that kind of name value, all that sort nope. of stuff. And I think that's true, but it was really cool to see basically that like we're never going to see like one promotion compete with WWE again, at no. least not for a very long time, unless like some drastic change in the landscape happens. Right. But this was the best of everything else that wrestling has to offer. And they put it all together right there for you and say, see, this is what else we have. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Like, they can't compete on their own. Like, Ring of Honor is never going to compete with WWE head-to-head. Right. But the indie scene as a whole, like, if it's WWE and it's everyone else, 
then you absolutely can. Maybe not in terms of like driving them out of business competition, but in terms of like giving me something else to watch in wrestling. That's a very real competition, and I love that. Like it's it's like a little buffet. It's like a little appetizer for people like me who who don't follow anything super closely. But like now I do. I, I like I said, I want to see that Ring of Honor show at Madison Square Garden. I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch. Like the more accessible you make this stuff to everyone, I think the better off wrestling is going to be. And I think the bigger ripples that they make, the more WWE is going to have to notice and start changing what they do, you know? Yeah, I mean, and it's not just, it's not even like, oh, they could compete with WWE or, you know, because I'm with you. I don't think that that is ever going to happen unless, you know, WWE doesn't exist anymore. But as long as WWE exists, I don't really see anything necessarily competing with it. But you could, what you are competing with is the fan base that is there. There, There's a big, and it's not the whole fan base, but it's a big chunk of the fan base that that has never really left before totally. Because no matter, you know, wrestling fans are wrestling fans, and they're going to put up with a lot. A lot of mm-hmm. times, just because they like wrestling, and there's not really, at least there hasn't really been a whole lot of other options. Well, now there, for the past couple, several years now, there have been other options, and now yeah. they're becoming more accessible. Obviously, New Japan World, you know that that's a big thing. Ring of Honor has their streaming yeah. service too, and now with something like this, that kind of combines everything. Now that's how something's going to compete with WWE. This was basically everything else. Everything. Yeah. This was Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, all kind of combining with wrestlers and basically saying, look, what, w- look, we're here and look what we're doing and look how well exactly. we're doing it. And it's going to get eyes, a lot of eyes that hadn't seen yeah. it before there. Yeah, and I love and this was just, I know you can talk about this forever, probably longer than I can, but it was just inspired, and I don't really think I fully appreciated it until I saw it. But when you see, like, SportsCenter and SB Nation running that graphic of Dusty Rhodes and Cody Rhodes, like, side-by-side yep. Side yep. with the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, and you're just like, man, that's, that's amazing. Like, that is a real powerful like earned moment in wrestling Mm -hmm. that wwe had nothing to do with nope absolutely nothing and the fact that that is getting headlines around the world you know within the wrestling community but still in 2018 is incredible yep yeah that it's it's uh it was awesome it was great to see and it's just it's just it's good to have this as strong as it is right now. Because literally, you can be a wrestling fan no matter what you're a fan of. There's something that you can be a fan of right now. And that, yeah. it's just, it's great. So. And I don't like, yeah. Well, I was just, so moving on to the actual show. Yeah. I guess we don't have, uh, you know, we're, we don't have to go through every match and analyze everything. But, um. I guess pick out a couple of uh, what what were the couple of things that I guess were your favorite your favorite things that you saw on the show. Never once thought of Jericho to the point where 
and I didn't. I, I did. I had the sound down a little bit because again, I was watching the other game. I saw the end of the match. I saw the lights go out. I thought, oh, okay, run in, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. lights come back on, and I think, oh, wait, did they? Did they literally just lose the lights? Is that like a Super Bowl situation, <laughs> like in the Superdome when the lights went out? That's a little weird. But yeah, that's what I that's what I thought it was about, for a like second. The production and all that kind of stuff. Like what went wrong for this to happen? And then I saw Pentagon take his mask off, and the first thing I thought was, again, this is this is going back to what I was saying earlier about watching wrestling without the commentary, right? Because it was just me and like the sh- the screen, right? And I thought, wait. Is he unmasking himself right now? Was this a mask versus title match? Was this, is he about to like evolve into something else? Is his career over? Like, what is happening? And it wasn't until about, it wasn't literally until he hit the code breaker that I was like, wait! <laughs> <laughs> and then realized that it was Jericho and that they had swapped when the lights went out. And that's what that was. For like a solid minute, I thought, like, Pentagon, the masked wrestler, just wouldn't exist anymore, and it would be this guy, like, wrestling as himself without the mask in the get <laughs> <laughs> That's how little I expected Chris Jericho to be there and how much more I now respect him for doing all of that. And it wasn't even, like, just show up and hit him. He went to the trouble of dressing up and taking the mask off and, like, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Chris Jericho is the greatest. Okay, now, yes, that that moment was was fantastic. So well done. I didn't think Jericho was going to be there just because I didn't think he was going to be there. I wasn't as out of it, I guess, as you're you're explaining. But I didn't think he was going to be there because also he had a Fozzie show that night and he didn't start it yeah. till like one a.m. because he had yeah. to fly to Chicago and then fly back, which is so funny <laughs> to me. But uh, I feel like. That's just, I feel bad for all those people there. They had to stay there for like an hour before the show I started. Do, but like, this, this is, I don't know, offense to Fozzie. How many people are hardcore Fozzie fans and don't like know him as right. Chris Jericho, the wrestler? Yeah, I, I'm sure it's a small uh, amount of people as far as that goes. But, okay, yeah. so you're talking about, so clearly you didn't, did you watch Dominion? No, I didn't. Okay. I know you kept telling me. To well, you're you're an absolute idiot for not because that's probably the greatest wrestling wrestling show that's ever been done ever, um, from top to bottom. Uh, yeah, you you are massively missing out by not watching that, and you need to do that. Well, see, that's why you were so absent about the whole thing because he did the exact same thing leading up to Dominion. Um, okay. He uh, uh, with with Naito. He was in the. This wasn't leading up to Dominion. He was in the crowd, dressed up as Bushi, with the mask and with the paint on underneath and everything, and attacked him from the okay. crowd. And he'd been there like okay. the whole show. Okay. And then so attacked this isn't the him. First time he's done this. No. That makes sense. Threw him in the ring and then pulled the mask off, and it was Jericho. So he did the okay. same thing already. Um, so as soon as, um, yeah, but no, because the lights went off. You expect oh, run in something, and then nothing. Right. And then it comes back on, and I loved it because I tweeted, "Oh, went over budget. They lost lights." And uh, that was literally that was what I thought had actually happened because I saw that tweet and I was yeah. like, "Oh wow, okay, that actually <laughs> it made me cool. laugh." I wasn't sure if that was it or not. I, I I thought it probably wasn't, but I just thought it was funny. And then then the announce I didn't notice the that Pentagon was different or whatever until the announcer said it, 
And then he hit him with the code breaker. And then like, so right, right at when that whole thing was going on, I realized something was different. I was like, oh my gosh, Jericho's doing it again. And then sure enough, Jericho again. And it was awesome. And now there's going to be Kenny Jericho again. But unfortunately, it's on the Jericho cruise. So nobody's going to get to see it, which is disappointing. But (laughs) oh well. Somebody else on Twitter said that. They were like, I'll see you on the cruise. Mm-hmm. has got to be the greatest threat in pro wrestling history. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, it's brilliant marketing, but I'm disappointed. Uh, anyway, yeah, so that like, was awesome. I, I don't know. I That's another example of, like, what a great job this show did of, like, tossing it up for other shows, yeah. you know, kind oh, of yeah. giving them the alley-oops. Because now, again, I want to see more, like, indie super shows like this. Like, oh, I yeah. think they're yeah, just going to wet the market. Like, fans like me, who have always been kind of interested but it found it kind of hard to follow Yeah, are just going to want to get more and more into it. Well, the product's I, as good as it it's is. It's the same way with, with me and new Japan. I mean, I'm, I just, I can't, I just can't watch it in and out. Cause there's just, there's a lot of it. It's weird times and days mm-hmm. and it's just, it's mm-hmm. hard to follow. But when they have those big shows, when they had dominion, when they had the G one San Francisco special and stuff like yeah. that, I will watch it. I watched the entire six and a half hour dominion live started at like 1 a.m. And it ended at like 7 a.m. And I did watch the whole yeah, show live. And I'm glad I did because it was the greatest thing ever. Although I did fall asleep during the Young Bucks match. Sorry, Matt and Nick, but I did. How dare you? I know. I know. I feel bad. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, so that was that was awesome. That was definitely the best quote-unquote like surprise moment for sure. That definitely yeah. was the best. Um, so I guess uh, just a couple other quick things that you liked just kind of from the show overall? Um, you know, I'd heard a lot about Joey Ryan, and I don't think I'd ever seen a full match of his before. So that was, okay. that was wild. Uh, yeah. How about the penises? Um, the, okay. the phalanx of phalluses? This is this is my my take with, with that. The first half of the show, I was I started to get very annoyed. Um Obviously, the biggest reason being that the NWA title match was the fourth match of the show, but mm-hmm. also because th- the only match that w- was actually serious was like the Stephen Amell Christopher Daniels match. Like, okay, okay see, like every match. Sorry, go- I mean, the, the women's match, I guess, mostly was. And then the NWA one was, although we'll talk about that match um, in a second. But the 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 Joey Janela-Page match, and I love Page. Um, Joey Janela I haven't seen a ton with, but I know he's this big, crazy, hardcore guy and a bunch of stuff. So that was fun, but it, it I don't know. For me, wrestling, there's this fine line between ridiculous and serious. And, and I... And I I'm I lean towards the serious stuff more than the ridiculous stuff. But if it's done mm-hmm. well and if it's if it's the place for it, I like it. Like the Battle Royal, I thought that was done really well because it was ridiculous. And for a second, I was kind of thrown off on how ridiculous it was. But then I was like, no, this is supposed to be ridiculous, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, you had the Hurricane in there doing his Superman choke slams, ch- choke slams no, these massive people, and it was amazing. And, you know, there was all that stuff. It was great. Um, well, then that match, it was like this hardcore match, but it was it had this ridiculous element, so it was really weird. I, I had a really weird 
way of trying to figure out how I was supposed to feel during that whole match. Um, hmm. And then, you know, <clears throat> and I figured they'd do you know, Joey Ryan stuff because that's been built up for months on being the elite. And yeah. then, so they did the big comeback, and I thought that was fine. And then it was very weird, and it was fine. I mean, it, you know, th- there there's a place for some of that in wrestling. I, I'm, you know, it doesn't bother me. I'm not a big fan of it, but it doesn't bother me. I remember when Joey Ryan, first time I ever saw him was in Impact years ago. He had this stint on Impact, like a very brief one, where he was kind of that character, but not nearly as far. But he right. was this sleazy character, which was really off-putting and weird. But he was really good. Like, he's really good, like a wrestler. Yeah. And so it was this, you didn't know how to feel about him. And then once he went back to the NDT, but he just went full bore with this weird 70s porn star character. And it's gotten over. Right. And it's fine. I mean, and it's ridiculous. And it's not necessarily my favorite thing, but I have no problem with it. Um, so mm-hmm. it was fine. I don't know. It was just kind of eh. But then where I really started to get annoyed was in the world title match, the Ring of Honor world title match. That annoyed me. I wasn't expecting that to be as much of a clown show as it kind of right. was. And I, like, it was done well. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But and there I were... was thinking, like, okay, this is the title match. Right. We're going to, like, buckle down a little bit here. And right. Instead, it was like they doubled down on, okay, I missed the Battle Royal because I, uh, yeah. I was at the Georgia game. I was coming home from Athens. But I, I, I knew they'd been trying to, like, book flip on the show. It had been a big story. And I kind of I thought that might be a thing that would happen is that he'd get in and like earn the title shot, but I kind of figured like they'd let all the goofy stuff happen in the battle royal, and then he'd like show up and get real serious for yeah. the actual title match, and that didn't yeah. seem to be the way they really went with that. It. That's what I thought too. And like they went they went with the, you know, because they did the, uh, the you know the black machismo. Macho Man thing with Jay Lethal, which I thought was great because I I love yeah. I love that character. Yeah, um, he's, he's amazing. I'd seen like clips, but I'd never seen like a full. Oh, that's how he like started. That, I mean, that's how he got first. That was his first thing of like getting over. Was that whole thing, yeah. especially in? I mean, he started in Ring of Honor, but he really it really went to town with it in TNA. Um, yeah, yeah, I've, I've yeah, and I, and I love that. It's great. And they've been teasing that for weeks on being the elite. Also, uh, where every time he you t- he gets hit and sh- he gets tapped on the shoulder, he turns into that character and has no idea what he's <laughs> doing. And then he gets touched again and he goes back to Jay Lethal and he has no idea what just happened. So that's been that's happening amazing. for for like months. And so that's then they beautiful. did the whole thing with, with you know with Lanny Poffa coming out with him and everything, and it was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and then you know and it was fun all at the beginning, and then. The whole match was just like that. And it was like I was waiting for it to not be like that. And the thing that really yeah. started oh, the worst part for me was when he hits him with three elbows and kicks out. And you're like, oh, well, Macho Man's full of crap. For well, all those I matches he won. I'm really mad about that. And that kind of made me laugh because this is what I've been saying. Yeah, you're. No, you're, I don't care. I think that's stupid. Itself. No, like it's stupid. Hit it, no, him, that's not, not the way. That's not, not the it. mentality it's supposed to be. That's the mentality that some <laughs> people have, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. Oh, it, it drove me nuts. I was, I was annoyed with that. I was like, come on, man. Now we're still making it. Go- like, anyway. So it, them, that match bugged me. Because it was never taken seriously, really, ever. And I thought that yeah. was one that should have been. 
Um, and, like, and at that point, we'd have like we'd had like four goofy matches in a row, and it was like, all right, is anything gonna be serious on this show? And then, and then you know, the whole back half was so that was you know that was yeah. that was that was good. But um, I did start I my patience like, started to wear a little bit thin at that point. I think, and this is kind of going into you know, I know you you were complaining that the NWA World Heavyweight Title match should have main evented the show. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this privately, and you said, I feel like that's just Cody as, you know, the main booker not wanting to be selfish. And yep. I think he should have. Like, I think it would have fit yep. the story better. I agree. And I totally get what you're saying. And I, I think, think that's you're 100% right. I think it is what it him was. not wanting to be selfish, but I think it kind of goes back to, like, this whole show was really designed to be, like, a celebration of all of indie wrestling. Right. And it really, like, there was a lot of emphasis on the celebration. I feel mm-hmm. like the idea is, like, look, we can have our, you know, eight-star matches in Japan and be super serious and very, like, real sports. And we can have some really serious stuff in Ring of Honor and everywhere else. But, like, we want to have fun tonight. And that was mm-hmm. like, that's kind of what, like, I think of the Young Bucks brand of wrestling as being like that. We're like, yeah, they can have serious matches, but, like, their, their trademark in my mind is just how much fun they are to watch. Yeah. And that's kind of what that. this whole show felt like in a nutshell. And I think, I think them being in the main event was one, you know, Cody wanting to say, well, it's not just about me. It's not about one guy going after a title that hasn't been, I, frankly, like it's relevant now. It hasn't been for years. Right. You know, like that, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he does with it, but I think it was a little bit of, we want to have a multi-man match in the main event that isn't really for anything because this is just, this is about the wrestlers, you know? And the, like, I, I think of it again as like the young bucks kind of brand of wrestling mm-hmm. that well, the show also, is really about. Also it Okay. And now with how everything played out, I get it not going on last and I'm glad it didn't go on last cause it would have been screwed. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it, it definitely shouldn't have gone on fourth. Like, out of, like, ten matches. Like, I thought that was... Yeah. I, I still think that's completely ridiculous. And it should have gone at least second to last or in, in the back half of the match where all those matches were serious. Not in between, you know, the whatever was right before it and the penis match. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought well, that was I just a little... Part it was of just it, annoying. too, just now that I'm thinking about it, like, Again, the NWA title, that's really cool to have back. I like to see Cody have it, and I would love to see that like be a thing that matters again. I think that's good mm-hmm. for indie wrestling. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But like when you have that coming in, and again, no offense to honestly whoever brought it. I don't. I couldn't tell you three things about that guy. What? You don't know Nick Aldis? I know he used to be in Impact because I read that in some of the previews for the thing. But yeah, I couldn't no, tell he was like awesome. That's no, anyway, great. I've known him but, for years. You know, like cool. the NWA has not meant anything for right. years. No, yeah, like it decades. Hasn't. So I think part of it is, well, we're going to defer to the Ring of Honor title. And was was Kenny Omega's match for the title, or was no, just... no, 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 no? The only title match at all was that okay. one. The NWA. Okay, well, maybe just because he holds it. You know, the mentality was okay. We're going to start this thing out as like the Intercontinental, like put it in that slot. To where it's like it's a respectable thing and it means a lot to the people fighting for it, but it's not going to be main eventing the show quite yet. That's the only thing. That's the only other thing I can think of other than just not wanting. I to think book literally the, the only reason was Cody not wanting to book himself. You know, share the spotlight. I, I think I literally think the only reason it didn't main event was because of Cody because he didn't want to seem like he was 
booking himself in that, which I mean, I get, but it was just a shame, especially with the whole aftermath of it. I was like, how does this not yeah. end the show? How is this not the yeah. ending? Like, it's just, it was, anyway, that was too bad, in my opinion. But it's fine. It, you know, ultimately, it is, it is what it is. Okay, now let's talk about the match itself. Because I thought the match was really good, but it was really weird. Because. How so? They well, did, like, okay, because they did, they did the whole injury spot, but they, they it was so confusing. Because it was like, okay, <clears throat> Cody, uh takes the massive elbow and it looks vicious and all the thing, and he's down. And Earl Hebner immediately goes, all right, this match is over. Well, does the ref not have authority? Because nobody argued with him. Nobody. Cody didn't really argue with him. Aldis didn't argue with him. Uh, DDP wouldn't argue. Nobody was arguing with him. They were all just checking on Cody. Then all of a sudden, the match just kept going. And I'm, I'm so confused. Just That whole spot had me so confused because it was so unnatural and weirdly put. I was like, is he actually hurt? And if that was the goal, well, then, okay, you kind of made me thinking that. But then it, it threw off the whole feel of the match. And then it was really weird. And then, you know, then they got it back with the whole, you know, because it got a lot, you know, it got the big face heat for Cody and the, you know, the injured yeah. hero. And I get, I get wanting to build that. And I thought they did a fine job with that. I, I loved all that, but the way they mm-hmm. handled that spot was so unnatural and choppy and weird. It, it, yeah. it just, it didn't make any sense. And I wonder if that isn't just Earl Hebner, like improvising and they pick it, you know, like they just catch it on the mic a little too clearly. And he's got a, and it throws everything off when, you know, you know, like, I feel like a lot of the times refs are just kind of there to play the mime. Right. To wave their arms and kind of freak out and give you, like, the general idea of what they're conveying. But it was just, like, I wonder if it was just one of those things where it wasn't meant to be articulated that clearly. As no, 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 it was. Them, you know no, he saying? did the whole X thing with his hands. It was definitely meant to be very clear. There was no subtlety in it. In it. And so that was oh, the whole, yeah. I just did, I just don't know why. They went that far, and then they had. There was yeah. no reason that that match kept going. Like the, yeah, there no, was no sense. reason. Like, does this ref have no authority? It, they didn't have a thing of Cody grabbing the mic and saying, "No, I want to keep going," or or showing him right. over at Earl begging to keep going. None of that. And maybe that did happen, but they didn't show it. And so it was yeah. just like there was no. It was so weird and off-putting that it, it took me yeah, out of I'm, it for I that moment. Told, I must have missed that, but. Because I saw, you know, I saw that he was hurt, obviously, and like I saw the color, which I know you love, but I, I miss that completely. Maybe it's just because I had the sound down. I don't know, mm. but no, that's wild. I didn't. I I I feel like it's we. You can't blame it on the production though, because the production was good, like the whole yeah. time. I didn't feel like you know. Yeah, no, I like no, they, I know it. They did a great job. So I I don't know. Weird. I just feel like it was missed. Something was missed, and yeah, and it just it wasn't quite. Uh, executed very well, but but it didn't take it away o- for overall, and I and it made it, yeah. fe- it it gave a real feel to it. So I I mean I like that aspect of it. It just was yeah. there there should there could have been a couple things that explained what was happening a little bit more. I thought, mm-hmm. but um, but anyway, but but other than that, you know, th- then once they got back into it, then it was it was you know it was fantastic from th- there on out. And I thought the stuff with Brandy was done really well. That added a, a yeah. real feel to it too, and I liked all that. So everything else was was fine. And I loved the finish. I loved it. I loved the kick out of the finisher, and then the end with a roll up. 
or with reversing the the pen attempt because that is yeah, old yeah, school as it gets, and it was great. And it was it was cool. It was the whole you got out wrestled because like yeah. in the day there were no finishers. You know, every now and then someone right. would have kind of a signature move. You know, Ric Flair would do the figure four a lot, and he would win. With, you know, and Dusty Rhodes yeah. had the elbow, but they they didn't have this move that it was over every time it happened. It was you. It was it was right. out wrestling the other person, and right. and then beating him. And so if you beat him with a pin, you you got them in this situation they couldn't kick out of. It didn't you you didn't kill them and then just lay over their dead body. Right. So so I loved that. I loved the finish. Yeah, that was really cool. Like, kind of just zooming out, like, Cody Rhodes, I, I didn't get to see any of his good stuff in WWE. Yeah, I know you missed about a lot it, of it. And I've gone back and watched a little bit of it. But the thing, like, this is my initial perception of Cody Rhodes. He was stardust when I started watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. And over time, I see what he does with that weird and kind of dumb character. Yeah. And how he takes what should be like a joke and makes it something where you sit up and say, wait, I want to know more about this. I want to see the rest of this story. Right. Like nobody told him to freak out when people start chanting Cody at him, mm-hmm. you know, but he does. And all of a sudden this weird, you know, space clown in a leather vacuum suit, <laughs> you look at it and you're like, wait, what's happened? Is he like, is he a parasite? Is Cody underneath all of that? Because he clearly, you know, it's like it's yeah. like a comic book. It's like seeing like yeah, that's what he was, Spider Man and Venom or something. That's you what know? he and was. That's, that's what that was. His whole that, goal was cre- was right. being like a comic book villain. And like nobody, nobody is like I would watch that, not know anything else about this guy, and realize like nobody in the back they don't have a plan for this guy for this mm-hmm. character. They think it's a cute gimmick, like to kind of sell to kids, and it's a fun cartoony thing. Because wrestling can be fun and cartoony. Right. But Cody Rhodes said, no, no, this is a character, and I'm a storyteller, and I'm going to make this a story, mm-hmm. whether they tell it or not. And it was, you know, their refusal to ever do anything with that character to let him, you know, break out of it or do anything of substance with it that made him leave. And from that point on, I've been really interested in him as a storyteller and i feel like he would kind of hate to hear me say that because he's one of those guys who's got that you know old school mentality mm-hmm. and if you ever hear him you know interviewed about it like right after he left he, he hates referring to wrestling as like a craft or an art form because he grew up in that era where like no this is real serious stuff right and but he he's so good at it mm-hmm. oh yeah no and me and like, my dad I've, have been huge fans of cody since the first yeah. i remember him Cause I didn't really, I wasn't really watching a whole lot when he did the whole, when he was with hardcore Holly, his kind of first thing and mm-hmm. they were tag team champions. I, I, I kind of missed that. I was really only watching SmackDown at the time. Um, but then once the legacy thing started, that was kind of my first introduction to Cody Rhodes was with him, Teddy Biasi and Randy Orton and that whole, that whole angle. And that's kind of where I first got to know him and it right off the bat, me and my dad were like, this guy is fantastic. And it was very clear. They were constantly trying to push Ted, um, which I which I love Ted DiBiase because, you know, he's a great guy. He was friends with um, one of the interns in my uh, youth group growing up, and we got to meet him before <laughs> Raw when he was doing those DiBiase posse parties back in, like, 2011. He used to come out to tailgates before Raws, and so we did one with my church group, and he came to that, and it was awesome. Um, 
That's amazing. So I love I love Ted DiBiase. Don't get me wrong, but clearly Cody was better. But they wanted Ted for some reason. Yeah, and it was very obvious because Cody was always taking the pins. He was always the the lower form. And then when they broke up, mm-hmm. it was immediately Ted who was getting pushed, and Cody wasn't. And the whole time we're just like, this guy is so good. And so he finally kind of got his own thing. The best thing he did in WWE was his masked gimmick, which was which was incredible. That yeah. was so good. Back in like 2000 and I guess it was like early 2000 or late 2010, early 2011, somewhere around there. Because I remember he had he was during that whole thing at WrestleMania in, in Atlanta in 11 because him and Rey Mysterio wrestled. Oh, that was such a good character because it was he's dashing Cody Rhodes, this over obnoxious, attractive heel person, all full of himself. He gets hit in the face by Rey Mysterio doing a 619 with his knee brace. It it quote unquote destroys his face. He has to have reconstructive surgery. He looks the same, but has to wear this mask now and now thinks of himself as ugly. And then yeah. wants everyone else to feel that bag, same right? way. And then he started, his whole thing was, you guys are all ugly. Because it's, oh, I'm ugly, so now everyone else is. And this whole right. thing. And, and then he would literally have people give out paper bags. And people would willingly put them on. And then he just Absolutely. used that in his promos. And it was so good. It was so, right. the character was so natural. It was so well crafted. And made total sense. And he was Intercontinental Champion for a long time during that whole thing, and it was great. But then he kind of fell off again. And anyway, but that that was great. But yeah, Cody is, and then ever since he left, he's just been building up this other character, and it's just been fantastic. And it finally kind of, yeah, kind of came to fruition, you know, last night with that whole thing. So I love yeah. that. Yeah, no, that was that was really cool. Like I remember the first one of the first interviews he did when he left. You know, I always love whenever a wrestler quits or is let go and they have their, you know, quote unquote, like tell all podcast. Like, I mean, punk right. did it first, obviously with that art of wrestling episode and nobody else has done one. Like that's quite on that level. Right. But there's always one or two great, like closing the book interviews that they do. And Cody Rhodes did one and it was just, it was fascinating. Cause this is a guy that, you know, I was kind of familiar with some of his work but it was always behind the face paint. I never just right. got to hear him kind of talk about wrestling and storytelling and like what he wanted to do and the kind of things he was excited to do outside of WWE. And I just felt like watching that last night, I was like, man, he did all of it and he's not done. Like, I don't think he's going to resign anytime soon. I don't think he mm-hmm. wants to after that. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. I, I don't agree. think there's any way he comes back. So anyway, moving on, uh, just a couple other quick things I, that I enjoyed. I really enjoyed Stephen Amell, Christopher Daniels. I thought that was really well put together and really See, well done. You're gonna have to, and it was so much. You're gonna fun. have to walk me through that one a little bit because I missed it completely. I, I okay. Got, well, go I back and watch it, it. Oh, I definitely will. But um, yeah, no, that was great because they've been building up that for a while. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's been building up this Bullet Club stuff for a while, um, going back like a year or so, and he. Uh, he, you know, he did a match, like a tag team match with the Bullet Club back, I think, like last September or something. I'd like a house show. And then, you know, obviously he and Cody worked back in 2015 for SummerSlam with the Stardust mm-hmm. thing. And that was awesome. 
And so, you know, he's a huge fan and has been part of it. So they basically put him in this singles, He, you know, did this singles match now with Christopher Daniels, which was the perfect person to put him with. 25-year veteran, you know, perfect worker pretty much. Could work with anybody. It was very smart choice um, for his first, you know, singles match ever. And I know he's been, you know, and he's been training a lot with Cody and with other people trying to get ready for it. And you, it was very well done. There were maybe three or four spots that were quote-unquote botched or just, you know, where he just didn't quite do the right thing. But it wasn't many, and it wasn't very blatant. And and if you didn't know any better, you would probably just, you would just think he's a wrestler. Like, he did that yeah. well. The only, You know what the biggest thing is? Because uh, I went back and watched his SummerSlam match, too. And this one was, he was way better, obviously, in this one than he was in that one. Um, right. But... The only the thing that really sets it apart is wrestlers aren't looking, if that makes sense. They're not constantly looking around them. Like they just have this trust where the other person's going to be or have a feel for where they're going to be and what they're doing. Stephen Amell was always looking around, trying to make sure he knew what was going on and stuff like that. I don't know. I just noticed that last night. And that was kind of because I was true. like something. I'm gonna have to watch and look for that because I was like something doesn't. I, never thought about it. I was like something doesn't quite feel the same because then because I think the very next match actually was the maybe it was the women's match or maybe it was the NWA match. I don't remember now, but I remember in the NWA title match watching just them go back and forth, and I was like something was it was different. And I was going back and rewatching the match earlier today, and he's constantly looking like trying to see where. Christopher Daniels is even when he's selling and he's not doing it, you know, blatant, but you can tell he's looking around just to make sure he knows what's going on. There's just not that instinct of knowing what's going on. So that's the, one of the main things I noticed, but as far as moves went, he executed moves. He sold well, he took moves well, he went through a table, uh, jumped through a table because Daniels moved out of the way and crashed through a table. He did a coast to coast, which freaking I lost my mind over. I saw that. That was that awesome. was insane. He just pulled RVD coast to coast out of nowhere. Oh, it was amazing. And Dude. one thing I got to mention that I did not notice until rewatching it today, and I put it on Twitter, and nobody has liked it, which really annoys me because <laughs> it's gotten no traction. Christopher Daniels has Hawkeye number one. The cover on his knee pad. What a tr- wow. that is like the biggest troll thing I've ever seen, and it made me laugh I've, so hard when I noticed it. I would also be really mad that nobody else has noticed that. We got he we has Hawkeye. Sure someone- he has the cover of Hawkeye number one from 1983 on um like his right knee pad. That's How great awesome. is that? It's like you're not even the best comic book archer. Like no, yeah. I like Hawkeye. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, I can't believe that. Yeah, you would have thought. Like, nobody I noticed. I didn't see one tweet about I didn't see anything about it. And then I put it out there and nobody cared, apparently. Man, Sorry about that. that we'll was, get it going after this. We'll that was amazing. It. So go and find my tweet on the Behind the okay. Gorilla Twitter page. All of you guys go and find it and then retweet it so we can get traction because people deserve to know that. Because I thought that was That's brilliant, true. and Christopher Daniels deserves for that to be known more than it is. Because that is true. brilliant. That is brilliant, That's brilliant. Amazing. That really is. Anyway, so I noticed that. So I love the match. Um, 
uh, at the back end of the card, most of those matches were great. Obviously, Kenny and Pentagon was a, was a great match. Um, Kenny can have a good match with anybody, and Pentagon's awesome too. I kind of expected it to be more brutal because Pentagon's done a lot more hardcore stuff. Like at Slammiversary, uh, him and Sammy Callahan had this like hardcore match that was one of the most brutal things I'd ever seen in my life. And so I kind of expected more of that, but it really was just kind of a wrestling match, and it was, but it was done really well, and I loved it. And then the Jericho thing that was great, and then the best, the best wrestling match of the whole show, and I think by far, was um, Okada, Marty Skrull, as just a wrestling match. That thing was a thing of beauty. It was awesome. It was so well done. The back and forth, the you know, the storytelling throughout the match. It was just. Oh, it was so good. I I loved that just as a pure wrestling match. I th- I thought that was the best one for sure. I loved it. Yeah, that was very well done. I don't know how familiar. I know you haven't seen a ton of either one of those guys. I I know who they are. That's really about the extent of it. Honestly, you need to see. A, not you need to, to go back and watch Okada stuff. Okada is so good. Yeah. I mean, he is. Yeah, and incredible. most of what I know him from, I know him. You know, from his matches with. Kenny Omega, right, so. and they're they're amazing, so that's very well founded. Yeah. I just love the persona of Okada. Obviously, it was a little bit better when he was champion, but because his right. his gimmick is I am the best, and that's the gimmick, and it's hard for mm-hmm. that to be your gimmick. But when it gets yeah. to be that point, it's just awesome. The aura just around him every time he comes to the ring is just like you just feel like you're watching the best. Yeah. Just, just the way he comes. I love the way he carries himself, and then he backs it up. I think it's dumb that his finisher is a clothesline, and I know you have things to say about that, but I still think it's ridiculous. Um, uh, n- no, that I, I think that's pretty dumb too. Maybe just because I think of that in my mind as like a transition move in a way others right. even like the Bailey to belly, the devastating Bailey to belly. Yeah, it, it's that's a little much, but it, it the whole. The philosophy behind it is the same thing you always say, where this guy does it better than everyone else, and when he does it, it's I mean, going to put you out. And so it's just no, like, No, that you know, makes whatever. sense, but even when it... You know what? It might just be because of what they call it. Like, when mm-hmm. you say, oh, it's just a clothesline. But, like, JBL did that, except it was the clothesline from Okay, hell, when JBL like, did it, though, little... you thought the person was dead. Yeah, I guess executions a lot of it too. But. JBL looked like he killed people. Like he would like get a running start and would like decapitate you. And he's you know yeah. he's also a big dude. So anyway, that was a little different. I don't know. It's fine. It doesn't take away from anything. I just think he could have had a better move. But anyway, as far as the wrestling match go, and the story was great. Marty Squirrel, who's a junior heavyweight, is put up against Okada's heavyweight, and the whole time on being right. the elite, they're just making fun of him for being a junior heavyweight, saying, you have absolutely no chance. Oh, you're wrestling Okada? And then they would just laugh and, like, leave. Like, stuff like that. Like, no right. matter who he mentioned. You have Okada. When Okada first made the 205 live remark on being the elite, oh, it was amazing. That was one of the best things I'd ever seen. Like, it was just, the story is so good. And then they yeah, told it throughout brilliant. the match, too of Marty Squirrel having to prove himself against the best. And, you know, and it was great. It was well done. And, and, and just as a, just like in kayfabe, just like as a match, it was so perfectly executed. This guy trying to get to this level, trying to get this level, almost 
mm-hmm. you know, almost with it here. He almost gets the chicken wing on him. He can't quite, but, but he never could quite do it. And then, oh, yeah. now he's done. But nope, not quite yet. And this, like, building up was just so well done. But ultimately couldn't quite get to that level. But, like, but at the same point, got way higher than, quote, unquote, anybody thought he would do. So I just right. thought it was well done. Yeah, that's awesome. That was great. I love seeing that. This is, again, zooming way back out. But I love in wrestling when someone gets over in a loss. Because it's mm-hmm. kind of rare to see it happen, especially in WWE. Well, it used to, but it used to happen but all the a lot time. That was the, that's where, the point. You know, losing a 30-minute match does more for you than winning a five-minute match right. in a lot of ways. On know? all the Okada-Kenny Omega matches, Okada won all of them until the last one. Right. But that's not the way people thought about it. Because they were like, just so good. If you don't, like back in the day when people either, you know, genuinely didn't know or really didn't care that wrestling was fake, I feel like if somebody, and I've heard like Triple H talk about this in interviews too, where he'd say like, well, 10 years ago, if we have Roman Reigns dominate and win the Royal Rumble, people are willing to accept the story on face value a lot more. They'll say, well, he must be good because he went over. But now people kind of go the other way. And they said, well, mm-hmm. no, that was too easy. That's not fair. He didn't earn it. He didn't deserve it. Right. Like, if you want to get someone over, you don't do it. If you want to get someone over as good, you don't do it by having them win matches and say, oh, they're a good wrestler. Right. You get them over by letting them be a good wrestler. Like, that sounds dumb and very simple. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you let people realize they're a good wrestler, and then they get over for being good and hopefully win matches and stuff but it's it, it's this really i i think it's a different dynamic now like obviously there's something to overcoming the odds with anybody in wrestling mm-hmm. but you're not going to get a crowd behind you until they see that you have busted your butt and like earned in the ring the opportunity to win if that makes sense right but anyway, and then uh, and the main event obviously was kind of screwed because of the time constraints that happened, and then yeah, that, that was, was kind of what it was. Okay, and again, I understand this young ba- young buck style of match. I get the car crash match is what they call it. I get it, and it's fun to watch. But how in the hell does Matt Jackson take four people's finishers back to back to back to back and kick out with no help? <laughs> Like, like they didn't even have a run-in. They didn't even have, like, that's what happens in tag matches. That's how you get away with that in tag matches. Right, because somebody breaks it up. And they didn't do that. He literally took every single, all three of their finishers back to back to back to back. And just, nope. I was, I was dumbfounded. I was like, come that's, on, man. I mean, even, I mean, even not, for this was, fun car crash, like, even, even this fun car that. crash match, really, like, Really, you're gonna do? Th- oh, come on, have someone jump over there and I—that was just ridiculous. And I was like, I "Come on, like, man, that—that—that's—that's that's yeah, too that, far." I feel like that wasn't their plan going into it either. I feel like that's just kind of the result of oh, that spot. I think literally was running out on this broadcast, and we have to get all this in real quick. Maybe I don't know, but you know, obviously they were—you know—the match was kind of was hampered because of the time thing and then they had to cut off abruptly which was too bad but um anyway so it was what it was um would have been nice to see more of it but anyway that was it was what it was Rey Mysterio looked like a badass he'll probably be showing up in WWE soon right maybe I don't know he did the Royal Rumble but then that was it 
Yeah. So I, don't, I don't know. But anyway, so that's all in. We've been talking for two and a half or an hour and a half on all this. So this none of this will air because it's too long. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to rely on you to cut around it. Just only leave the part where you talk about your tweet and nothing else. Ooh, I might do That'll that. That'll be the whole episode. Yeah, I might do that. This is going to take me nine <laughs> hours. To, I'm going to spend all night editing this, and I have to go to bed in like four hours. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I know. Not going to be fun because we'll then I got to get up at four fifty in the morning. But um, anyway, so yeah, so those are just kind of some updates on kind of some the stuff going on and state of wrestling and all in from last night. It was you know all in from Saturday night. And it was awesome. But anyway. We can now move on to the actual show, our uh, regular Woo! scheduled programming, you could say. And the topic that I came up with this week, I was quite happy with. Because um, once I realized we could do the show again, I started remaking a list of topics that I could talk about. And um, this one hasn't been one I've thought of before. And I don't know why. Because this is so perfect as far as okay. fits in with our show. I mean, this is like the definition of what this show is supposed to be about. This type of stuff in wrestling. Okay. Back in 2011, there was a very impressive up-and-coming star in Japan called Kenny Omega. We are going to talk about Kenny Omega. And it's kind of timely because All In just happened. But this is before he was in New Japan. And it's before he was in the Bullet Club or any of that. Okay. Not a whole lot of people okay. know about him. Um, still very much an indie guy. Had kind of gone around, you know, some indies in America. Had done some stuff in Ring. I think I think he might have done some stuff in Ring of Honor. Maybe not yet. Um, you know, he had gone to like WWE and done like the like Deep South, the training, you know, like the training yeah. development stuff. He'd done some of that. Hadn't really done anything. But... He found out about this Japanese promotion. Now, have you ever, I'm sure you haven't, but I'm going to say it just because it sounds better doing a podcast. Have you ever heard of the Japanese promotion called Dramatic Dream Team or DDT? I've heard of DDT barely. I have not ever heard that that's what it stood for. So okay. that's already amazing. Now, do so, you want me to tell you the only thing I know about DDT or do you want to explain it? To no, me? I want to explain it because probably. Okay. What you've heard is probably something I was going to talk about. Um, basically, they are a very, um, very strange uh, promotion, to say the least. That's not uh, They they were known basically they were known for being weird. That was that was what their staple was. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So just these are some examples. They had a match where an invisible man wrestled. So there was one wrestler who you could see and one you couldn't. And that was the match wow. that happened. That's amazing. Um, they had a ladder win their Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Championship. An actual steel um, ladder. That's like their hardcore have, title. So it's have, done. It's used the, hang on. It's, it's done the okay. same way as the hardcore title where like you could win it at any time. You just need a ref. That so, okay, and so this is so a the, ladder. Yes, so the oh. ladder fell on top of the champion, and then the ref okay. counted the pin, and so That's the ladder right. won well, won the title. It also defended the title because I mean, it wasn't pinned during a battle royal, so it defended it. 
and it's been a three-time champion. Wait, 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 wait. How are there pinning rules in a battle royal? I, I don't know. that's a joke? I, Is that I going know. over my head? Okay. Because I, I thought a battle royal was you have to throw them over the top. So right. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe they all just, everyone fell off the top and it was the only thing left in the ring. That's the only thing I can think that of. That makes sense. I couldn't find video of most of this stuff. I, I really tried. The, the only other thing that makes sense is if it won a ladder match, but that's like an inherent disadvantage and I feel right. like you wouldn't let it defend in a ladder match. Yeah, um, but other objects have won the title too. Uh Okay. A uh, several stuffed dolls have won, which I'll talk several. about some of that in a, in, a, in a minute. Um, blow up dolls, things like that, are very popular in this promotion. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I guess. And uh, we'll we'll talk about some of that later. Um, a baseball bat has won. Um, a poster has won. One of the one of the show's posters won once. A pint of beer won the title. Um, a chair. Naturally. Uh, the belt itself won the one thousandth championship by pinning the current champ. Um, so the belt has won. Uh, Vince McMahon's I, Hollywood star has won the belt. Um, this is amazing. And yeah, and, and several, I really hope the rest of the episode is just you listing people and things who have won the DDT Iron Heavy <laughs> Metalweight Championship for like an hour. Yeah. Because I'd enjoy that quite a lot. Yeah, well, th- anyway, that that's about it. As I said, several blow-up dolls have won, have won the title. So anyway, uh, Omega started this company he came to this company i think around like 2008 or so he came to that company and um this is actually where he met ibushi and where their golden lovers tag team started was in this company okay but anyway that's not really what we're talking about so anyway but going back to blow up dolls uh they wrestle quite a bit in this company both kenny and koto ibushi have wrestled them um over 10 times like in individual matches. And wow. it's the weirdest thing you'll ever see, probably ever. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't find any footage of Kenny wrestling a blow-up doll, but I did find some of Ibushi wrestling one. And they're literally just treating it like an actual match. It's taken very seriously. Yeah. The blow-up doll nearly wins uh, several times. Uh, it's basically <laughs> like, okay, you've heard the, the old saying about Ric Flair, right? That he could wrestle yeah. a broomstick. That's literally yeah. what this is. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I mean, the blow up doll is giving Obushi pile drivers, uh, DDTs, high flying moves, like everything. It, it's the most bizarre thing you'll ever see. So Kenny was doing stuff like this, um, and he was on Tacos Jericho actually a couple years ago, and he, he talked about it a little bit. He said we had both done the blow up doll uh, matches ten or twelve times. Um, and Ibushi and I are really strange, obviously, and having a fun and having a fun time. Uh, we like innovating when we when we can and where we can. Then we decided let's have a more competitive match with these. We're top guys in this company in this crazy world that is DDT, which is kind of a world that exists within itself. Let's have yeah. a match where the guy takes us to the freaking limit. And it goes, and it got so over that we end up ended up having to do this match over and over and over. Um, yeah, it, it's basically the epitome of ridiculousness in wrestling. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, but it did not end there. So we're gonna go on with that in a second. But uh, do you have any more questions at the moment with what we just have talked about? 
so many questions, but I'm really not sure how or where to focus any of them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so well, we should probably just keep going. Anyway, during this whole thing, like actual matches are going on, and, and there's there's good wrestling in between this. But this is this is one facet of this company which is just which is just so so weird. But anyway. So we're going to go into kind of the main thing that that is what got me talking about this topic in the first place. So it did not end there. And the most famous of all these goofy spots came when Kenny Omega took on a 9-year-old girl in the ring. Have you do you know about this? I know nothing about this other okay, than that perfect. oddly topical. Perfect. Uh cuz I I remember this. But I this is before I knew who Kenny Omega was or anything. Because this is back in 2011 is when this happened. Lovely. And I remember this video going around because it was just the most bizarre thing you'll ever see. He took on... Yes, so Kenny Omega took on a nine-year-old girl in the ring in DDT. Her name was uh, Haruka. And apparently she was really sad because she didn't get picked by DDT to become a pro wrestler. Basically, they do some tryouts with, like, young kids or whatever. Because, you know, they have, like, the whole... In Japan, they do the whole young boy thing and dojo stuff. And so there's, like, tra- okay. there's like school a schooling aspect behind it a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. So I th- I'm assuming it was a situation like that. And she didn't get picked to become a pro wrestler. So basically to, like, make her happy, they asked Kenny to have a match with her, like, during one of the shows. Jeez. And you can find it. You can easily look it up. You just type in Kenny Omega versus nine-year-old girl. And it's like a five-minute match that they have. And it's actually a really good match. Uh, Can't imagine. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's about five minutes. And and they show that it shows the two going back and forth with the girl selling like crazy. She sells better than half the WWE wrestlers. and <laughs> it, But never quite, you know. And then it ends when Kenny hits her with an amazing looking enziguri that looks like he just killed her. Like it looks like you should pick, <laughs> it looks like you should pick up the phone and call the cops. That That's what it looks like. <laughs> and it ends with her hitting with this massive backbreaker. And it looks like she's dead. And b- but before he can pin her, the time limit goes off. So no, there's no winner, <laughs> but she's like dead, like not moving. That's I mean, at one point, I mean, he's slamming her head into the turnbuckle during this match and, and all this stuff. I mean, she's, she's given him like spin around hurricane Rana's. I mean, it is, it is insane. It, it is, it is, it is the weirdest thing, but it's good. <laughs> like, cause obviously Kenny's That's really incredible. good. And the girl is, is good as far as like the selling and everything. She's great. That's so amazing. This... Now, can I tell you my favorite part of the story so far? Yes, please. And I'm going to tell you why I think it's, topical um you know there's only one person in the world who's a bigger bailey fan than i am right uh sure you familiar with um izzy the super fan izzy from nxt do you remember her oh yeah yeah i do yeah i remember this is the you know she's got infamy's not quite the right word but you know she's a little bit divisive in terms of whether or not her being there kind of in the crowd as Bailey's token fan was like a great addition to that story, which it definitely was at first, or if it kind of distracted from 
yeah. the overall story as time went on. And I've heard it go both ways. I think it's great, and I think that's kind of – it works for me because I think that's what – that's a big part of the wrestling market, and that's what it should be. But anyway, it's really funny that you bring this up now, and I don't know if you heard about this, but she was in a match – Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I did. She ate a choke slam from this guy, mm-hmm. and it it it, it kind of it sounds a little similar. I didn't watch it, and there was you know there's some debate over should kids be doing this, and mm-hmm. she came out later and said she's not going to make a habit of it. But the difference between these two is that Izzy won that match. Okay, because they said, yeah. well, obviously we're being kind of silly here. We're going to have this little girl take a choke slam from this giant wrestler. And then she's going to end up winning, and like it's fun for her, and it'll get us some press, and he'll be a good sport about it, so good for him, and all this stuff. But in the match you're talking about, Kenny Omega just like kills a girl, like he just beats her, which is so stupid. It's like having like like a three on one handicap match, and the three guys win. Well, no, it was it was just just it was just until the end. No, they went back and forth for most of the match. This was just right at the end. Right, but still, like, you would think, like, oh, okay, I see what we're doing. Because, like, again, it, it's a ludicrous promotion. Like, this is what happens in DDT. This is where a title wins itself. So you're like, oh, this will be fun. Like, we bring out one of our really good guys, and this little girl, like, beats him somehow in the end. And it's like you said, it ends with people like, we, we should call the police <laughs> a little bit because <laughs> yeah. he's laid her out. That's amazing. And, uh, okay, so... At the time, I'm not really sure how necessarily the reactions were because I don't think it got a whole lot of play because it was over in Japan and Kenny wasn't a right. star yet. But right. like three or four years ago, this got a ton of traction. Um, Probably when Kenny started to get really big. Right, yeah. It was right around the Bullet Club stuff when he had joined that. It, right around there. And it, then it started to make the rounds. So this was, I don't know, 2014 maybe or... 15 yeah. I don't know, a few years ago and um the reactions have uh, been somewhat mixed but for the most part people just kind of look at it as kind of just what it was but there's mm-hmm. one person who didn't and uh can you guess who that was uh jim Cornette. Uh, wow first first try uh <laughs> Cornette has a history of um let's say speaking his mind and mm. being um i like to call incredibly narrow-minded when it comes to wrestling <laughs> now to That's be a fair way of putting it. a decent amount of stuff he says i agree with mm-hmm. and and i and i get where he's coming from with certain things because i like you know I, I you know i've said it before i like the more serious aspect of wrestling yeah and sometimes got a lot of that old school mentality yeah and so sure. i get it but I also get that there's there's a time where it doesn't have to be used. And and in an instance like this, it's like, well, who cares? But he was um you know, he's so he's he's very old school and likes it to be very real or whatever, and he um to say the least, um absolutely hates this type of stuff. And yeah. pro- he probably hates this one instance more than any other in the history of wrestling. If I'm it, really probably, yeah, like he hates Kenny Omega. Yeah, Still. that I know, and that like in Joey Ryan and, and this, the- but like this, I think was what started the whole hatred of Kenny Omega, uh, and why uh, and that like would make sense. and and I don't and it's never going to change because he's always every time he will always just bring this up, 
As if mm-hmm. Kenny ever wanted to be taken seriously, he should have never done this. That's basically his mm-hmm. thing. Is he ruined his whole character in this moment, and it can never be undone. Um, and all, and because of the blow up dolls and and stuff like that, uh, he's right. he's just had it out for Omega. Even even now, uh, even now. But anyway, so back in t- July of 2017, even um, on Twitter, a fan asked why he hated Kenny so much. And, well, he basically just went on a rant about the unbelievableness about these matches and said other things that uh, we can't say here. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically we could, but we, right, we don't. But let's not and uh, and it's not surprising though. I mean, because he hates the Young Bucks too for their goofy right. matches. Which, to be fair, I'm not. I haven't always been a fan of like their super kick matches. And some, I don't know. Again, some some of the stuff goes a little bit too far for me personally. But ultimately, mm-hmm. it's it's all about. I get it. It's all about them just having fun and people having fun watching. And and there there is a different element when you're watching something live and in person and like this tiny show yeah. than there is yeah. watching it on TV in like a big. There is a difference. Like so, you'll see a clip, you know, of the Young Bucks and I forgot who they were. We're literally there just throwing drop kicks against each other. I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's made it's I've become a meme yeah. and it's gone around on meme accounts as oh you say yeah. wrestling is fake. Well then explain this but as a joke and it shows that i do that all the time but but i've been these tiny shows and you don't care about stuff like that when you're at a show and these like small shows it doesn't really matter the ridiculous stuff is more fun in that instance so i get it um so but anyway he so he, he he hates all of this stuff and uh but but ultimately, I feel like Kenny has pretty much kind of had the last laugh with all this because he's pretty much gone on to be arguably the greatest wrestler in the world right now. Yeah. With those four just amazing Okada matches, and then obviously like the Chris Jericho match, then then you know, and then Naito and Abushi's had amazing matches, and you know he doesn't. The sillier stuff is is you know gone, quote you know quote unquote. Yeah. So well, I I, I that I think that's a big part of. Yeah, his evolution is that he said, "Okay, no, no, no." But seriously, right? But this, but I know? mean, there's still an element of Kenny that has a silliness, and you know, and that's I feel like where being the elite sometimes can because it lends itself to that. That's that's what yeah, the show is, sure. and that's the perfect place to have that that type of stuff. Like yeah. so, so I, I anyway, I love all that stuff. But um, so yeah, Kenny Omega had a uh, match with a nine year old girl in Japan. Full on five minute match back in uh, 2011, and uh, awesome. it is one of the craziest things. And if you have not seen it, please, please watch it. I mean, you can literally just go Google, just type in Kenny Omega wrestles girl, and it'll be the first thing, and you can just find it on YouTube. And it's it's worth it is worth every second of watching it. And again, oh, I remember I when this it. happened before I even knew Kenny Omega was. It was like this weird thing where it's like this is ridiculous, but it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's great because I genuinely had never heard of that and that's awesome and it did end up being kind of topical because it was going around with Izzy fighting this guy. Which I didn't winning, even but, think about to be honest. I I didn't even yeah, think about no, that. But yeah, it does. It great. fits right in with that. So that's uh awesome. So yeah, that is uh 
It's the story of Kenny Omega wrestling a nine-year-old girl in a promotion where they had a ladder when uh, when they're one of their championships. That was going to be um, this is I I know uh, I know of DDT and I didn't know it was a Japanese promotion honestly until you brought it up. But um, Cultaholic has a has a uh, video personality Jack Jack King Jack the Jobber. And his, it's in his Twitter bio, and that's how I heard about them. He, okay. If he ever wants to, you know, fake drop his wrestling credentials on someone. Because he's, he's a really good wrestling journalist. But, you know, in his Twitter bio, it says, Cultaholic News, two-time DDT Iron Heavy Metal Champion. Ah, okay. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. Having heard that from him, you get an idea pretty quickly of what exactly DDT is and yep. what that belt means. Yep. But even I didn't know it was to that extent. Mm-hmm. And I really want, I want to, do they have a network that I can subscribe to? Because I kind of <laughs> want to. Uh, I couldn't find anything. Um, I tried. I tried. sponsored by DDT. Oh, please. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah, we're not, we're not getting sponsored for this. We could basically, just the whole rest of our show could just be DDT stories, and they would fit in with the uh, whole would, vibe of the show, to be perfectly honest. They're just really hard to find. Well, well, I'm glad we um, I'm glad we cracked this door open a little bit because I was thinking, you know, coming into season two here, I would like to get into more indie stuff and sort of broaden our horizons a little bit because obviously, like, there's going to be stuff from WWE and there's always going to be stuff from WCW, but there's so much other fantastic stuff that happens in wrestling that's great and terrible that mm-hmm. is not even close. And I love that we got our first real indie episode right on the eve of all in where we yep. spent goodness knows how long and how long you guys have actually gotten to hear. I cut most of it just to let all, all you guys what know a cool thing it is for the business. I cut most of it just to let all you guys know. <laughs> I didn't, if you want to hear the extended <laughs> cut of our state of wrestling, podcast, jo- join our Patreon account. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't give us your money. Do not do that. No, please don't. Because then, then we'd have to care more. <laughs> That's the only reason why. Ah, man. Yeah, but anyway. Well, I guess I'm on the hook for next week. Yeah. And so I'm going to have to try to follow that up. That's yeah. pretty solid. I got a, I got a bunch of lists. The, the, the problem with doing a bunch of indie stuff is it's just so hard to find. It is just so yeah. hard to find stuff on it. And that that's kind of the one thing. I mean, the very first episode we did, you know when I did the Dusty with the Gorilla, that took me weeks to prepare that episode because it took me right, so long finding stuff. Yeah. And so from then on, I was like, oh man, I, I, I need to stop going back this far because it's just so, yeah. it's just so difficult to do. Yeah. And so it's way easier to go and do WWE stuff or WCW stuff when everything's just on the network. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's the story yeah, of that. Sure. So that's the, uh, that's the episode for this week. We appreciate you guys sticking it out. And uh, appreciate you guys uh, coming back because we're back. This is uh, season two of Behind the Gorilla. We don't know how long this season's going to go. I mean, maybe it'll just be season two forever. I'm not really sure. but Yeah, who knows? Because we, we had a very clear like ending point for season one where it was like, right. okay, neither of us are going to be able to do anything mm-hmm. for a solid month or two while we figure out you know what we're doing next. And now... We can do it forever. I mean, as long as you have a radio station, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, we could pretty much do this uh, 
indefinitely. So we might have a season two that just goes on for who knows, who knows. But yeah, yeah that's so go what. ahead. You know, if you haven't already subscribed, tell your friends because the goal is uh, if they have all in two here in Atlanta, we need to get invited to Starcade, Starcast. I mean, so that yes. Mark has an excuse to leave South Dakota and come yep. back. Yes, that that We're that's the goal. The that's that's the goal. One one hundred percent. So yeah, leave us uh, leave us a review on on uh, on iTunes. Um, you can find obviously, obviously you can find the podcast if you're listening to it. So I don't know why we'd have to say where you can find it, um, because you're listening to it. But follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. Um, Believe it or not, we're just as professional on Twitter as we are in the podcast. Mm-hmm. We are. You can hear me rant about anything I don't like because I'm pretty much. The only person that uses the the Twitter account, although you did get you did use it some during a uh, SummerSlam. I had some pretty crack reporting at SummerSlam. I'm yeah. not gonna lie, we were posted up literally like ten rows behind AJ Styles' family, mm-hmm. and I was ready. If he came up those steps, I was gonna have exclusive <laughs> for you. I was set. Oh, but I feel been amazing. like we have we've cultivated a good brand, and you tweet about it more than I do anyway. So yeah. I just jump in every once in a while to kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Unrock the boat a little bit because you'll be out there and you're like, "This is the dumbest fucking decision of all time." I don't understand. I'm like, "Look, look, like it's fine. It's okay." Yeah, Just let it that's breathe. true. I, I do that. I'm I'm very much a reactor when it comes to professional wrestling. It, it, it ah, is true. I, I'm fun. I'm guilty of that. But uh, don't get me wrong. I still I still enjoy it. But yeah, so uh, yeah, go follow us on Twitter if you want to follow me or Harris. I'm at Marky Mark Brand, and I'm at Harris Wilson. So you can do that. Um, send us uh, send us episode suggestions too, if you want. We're always looking for more uh, more episodes, uh, more things. We want to hear what you guys want to hear about. Um, so yeah, feel free and do that. I know we've we've gotten some suggestions and we've done those before. So always looking for uh, for those as well. And um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's about uh, all I got for this episode. We're a little uh, we're a little out of practice being the first time we've done it in several months. Nah, we killed it. We did great. 